Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Hello, everyone. This is Don Johnson with the Proclaim and Defend podcast. In this episode, we are introducing our new issue of our magazine, Frontline. The magazine this time is dedicated to the subject of gambling, something that is certainly prevalent in our society. What we did today is spend a half hour with a, of conversation with the editor in charge of this issue, Dave Shoemate, one of our board members at the FBFI. Dave describes the magazine, the various articles that are in it. We touch on some of the issues involved with gambling, and uh, we hope that you find it helpful. Now, we do want to remind you that we would like you to subscribe to our podcast uh, to get all the episodes. We also would like you to uh, actually become a paying subscriber, and that will give you access to the articles from Frontline that we publish in conjunction with interviews of the authors. We'll have several of these coming up shortly. It will also, if you subscribe on a yearly basis, you will be able to get the print magazine delivered to your door. So that ends the commercial, as I like to say. Uh, And with that, we'll go on to today's episode with Dave Shoemate. All right, well, we want to welcome Dave Shoemate here. He's a longtime friend, a member of the FBFI board. He is uh, the one in charge of editing our most recent issue of Frontline. The theme is gambling, what's the big deal? And it certainly has become a big deal in our culture. I remember when I was growing up, you know, watching sports, for example, you uh, there was uh, gambling was far removed from sports. I remember Pete Rose got kicked out of baseball for gambling. And way back in 1918 or 1919, the, the Black Sox scandal, uh, several players lost their uh, careers. Uh, but now it's everywhere. Like sports is hand in glove with with gambling, and so we have uh, we've written an issue on this. So I guess I'd like you to Dave just sort of uh, get started uh, by commenting on the proliferation of gambling in our culture. Well, it's not something that you know we found it difficult to document. I believe the the year was 1910. Uh, gambling was illegal in all states but two. And now gambling is legal in every state but two. So that just kind of shows the the shift that's taken place over the long term. And uh, the shift has largely been uh, over the last few decades, uh, The um, certainly since the 1960s. Uh, prior to that, there were certain places and certain types of gambling you could engage in. But the 60s began the push in state uh, legislatures uh, to uh, legalize or to establish state lotteries. And that was one of the one of the early push uh, pushes for um, or one of the early uh, impetuses for um, for gambling uh, to come on the scene. And in fact, it's interesting that in a lot of places uh, that was um, considered. I, I think that 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 the fact that the gambling was sponsored by the state and was supposed to be regulated, and was supposed to bring in money for things like education was a strong incentive for people to approve it. Mm-hmm. 
and so that that's kind of an interesting aspect the 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 aspect of the of the gambling as it relates to government uh, entities and even as participants but yeah so and and in recent years of course with the with the sports gambling and uh, the rise of internet gambling it's just everywhere i think one of the quotes we gave was to the, something to the effect that now las vegas is on every phone yeah, yeah that's right i remember in canada the uh when they did the Olympics in 1976, they had a state lottery for that. You could win a million bucks if you played the state lottery. And that was the, you know, that was the beginning, sort of. And then after the Olympics were done and lost money, they, they, uh, kept the lottery. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Well, once you, once you create a constituency for the, for the income, then, you know, it never goes away, yeah. right? It's, it might be might be stated as for a limited purpose, but once money starts coming in and getting doled out, then yeah. it's almost impossible to yeah. to take it away. That's right. So uh, did you, when this topic came up, was it one you selected or was it given to you? And how did that come about in our issue? No, I actually was interested in the topic. I, I'm one of the regular, you know, in the regular rotation. So I'm on the alert for different kinds of issues. And um, I was burdened about this for a number of reasons. Uh, we were involved back when I lived in South Carolina, back in the 1980s and 90s. Uh, there was uh, an issue with regard to the lottery and also an issue with regard to video poker mm. um, in uh, uh, there. And so we we investigated that and we were involved in that in trying to prevent those uh, those kinds of developments. And so it was something that, that I had already done some research on, was already interested in. Mm. And given given the proliferation of gambling, and I've noticed the same thing. You can you can hardly watch a sports program, even even just the mainstream pregame sports program now mm. uh, on on a, on a football game. They're giving the over and under, and you know whatever the point spread, and they're telling you how you should bet. And um, and so it's 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 not it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere, and it's hard to avoid it. And I think it's an issue for for Christians mm. now as well. And uh, so that's something that we have to address when something is kind of kept in a corner and is socially unacceptable and there's a lot of social pressure against it and even legal pressure against it. Then uh, lots of times we don't have to think about it very mm. much. You know, I'm not going to go find a bookie and, you yeah, know, right. bet on a horse race or something right. like that. But if it's right there on your phone and in fact, if, if it's being pushed as an advertisement and they're offering you free bets, yeah. Um, it's very easy just to take that little step mm -hmm. then of, uh, toward a temptation. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, little, little steps. So it's are, something I think we really have. Yeah, little steps are, <laughs> they, they become long steps, don't they? They're, they're, uh, yeah. So that we have to address that now. And then we have to say, okay, why do we believe what we believe about it? Mm -hmm. Um, that's another thing. If, if for example, um, I'm thinking of marijuana now. You know, marijuana, If when, when marijuana is illegal and where marijuana is illegal, then Christians don't have to think about why they don't, why they think it's wrong right. because, well, it's against the law and your Christians are supposed to obey the law. So they don't have to go through the process of actually uh, making that uh, analysis and gambling, especially because it's considered by many people as kind of a harmless form of entertainment. Mm. I think it's more socially acceptable than lots of other things that are certainly allowed. Right. And Christians are tempted to do. And so that's another factor when the society is very much either neutral toward it or even positive toward it. That puts pressure on you as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, what I want to do uh, with this uh, talk today is uh, to survey the articles that we have in the magazine. And I know that uh, you contributed two of them, basically, well, two, one article in two parts. 
And I'm just going to quote your summary of it here. What I want, I want to leave this, the discussion of the details to a later uh, visit. We'll schedule that for later. Sure. But, um, so this one comes, I think it comes from the opening editorial. It says, in a two-part article, David Shumate argues for the former position against uh, gambling. Uh, first, he asserts that gambling is a direct violation of the Tenth Commandment, which forbids coveting our neighbor's property. Then he assesses gambling based on the two great commandments, to love God supremely and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So I wonder if you'd like to add any other brief uh, comments on the subject of your article before we move on to survey the other ones. Sure. Well, if, um, you know, of course, we're going to go in more detail, and yeah. as you mentioned, in the future. So I won't go into all the aspects of this. But I do think that um, an issue like this, and of course, a lot of the frontline issues are like this. The theme of frontline is bringing the truth home. And so in order to bring the truth home, you have to know what the scripture teaches. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to have discernment to know what the world is like. I really think that that's a lot of what's going on in Proverbs is is Proverbs is teaching us how to have discernment about what's really going on when on the surface it may not appear to be that way. Gambling often appears to be and to many people appears to be harmless entertainment. But what's the essence of gambling? So. One of the key issues here is to try to analyze it biblically and then see what, how does gambling actually function? What makes gambling gambling? And then how do you take that and apply biblical truth to mm. it? And I think what, if you get both those sides right, I think the answer is relatively straightforward, as I argue in these two articles. So that's, uh, that's essentially uh, what I'm trying to do there is show how the Bible applies to the particular uh, situation. All right. So I, I just listed out here in my notes uh, the titles of the rest of uh, the magazine pretty well, uh, of the main articles anyway. And so I just maybe if you could just give us a quick comment on them as we go along. The first one I have here on my list is from uh, Christopher Endine on putting God to the test. So uh, any anything you'd like to this, any way you'd like to describe that? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I, yeah, it's um, he he deals with an aspect of this. That, you know, in my articles, I'm trying to address the fundamental question about gambling and its nature, yeah. but that doesn't mean there aren't a lot of other biblical principles that intersect with that. Uh, a lot of people would say, well, yes, if you're you need to be a good steward of your money, you need etc. And and that's true, and that's that's all part of the, the discussion. He wanted to focus particularly on the idea that that. Um, that there is a gambling mentality, um, and that, of course, applies when you're actually gambling, when you're taking resources that God has given to you to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. And then instead of being thankful for those and meeting your needs with them, you're trying to get more. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, if you don't, if, since you're misusing your resources, now you're in a position where you're tempted to try to ask God to provide for your needs when he already did. <laughs> and so he argues that that puts you in a spiritual bind because you're like the Israelites saying, will the God, will God provide for us or not? Mm. So now you're praying, I've got to win Lord, because if I don't win, uh, you know, it it puts a Christian in a real bad spot in terms of his relationship with the Lord. Mm. And so his argument is, why don't you put God to the test by doing what he says with your money? In other words, the the, the right way to put God to the test is not to doubt him, but it's to trust him. And so that's really the focus of his article. It's a very interesting angle. It's not something I, I necessarily would have thought of uh, myself, but I, I think it really has a well, that, has a lot of uh, that's good a lot of benefit. All right. So well, the next one is sort of uh, maybe on an opposite angle is Larry Ball's uh, investing versus gambling. Well, I, I see two things that happen sometimes with regard to gambling, uh, and and again, I, I'm not saying this is the only reason to have this in here. 
but but it is true that people sometimes will say, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with gambling. And then if you say, well, there's this wrong with gambling and this wrong, and they say, well, but there's nothing different from the stock market, and you don't think there's anything wrong with the stock market. So one argument people will make sometimes if you take a position like this is that it's like something else that you think is okay. And so I think his point is, first of all, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important to understand, that when you invest, you're actually um, you're actually putting your money out in a way that is designed to create wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the key issue with gambling, one of the key issues is that it's a zero-sum game. You're not producing anything of value. You're just taking stuff from somebody yeah. else. And so it's, it's, it's uh, directly against the 10th commandment. But in the case of an investment, although you do run a risk, risk is not inherently evil. In fact, you have to risk things if you're going to serve the sure. Lord. You, you risk your time. You invest your time. So investment involves risk. But, but the point is you need to be wise in the way you do that. And his, his concern was he's the director of the, of the International Baptist Missions. And he's concerned that sometimes Christian people, especially Christian workers feel like that, well, you know, they're reluctant to, to consider things like investment mm-hmm. uh, for various reasons and that that is not a that's not good stewardship. So his focus is on how to have good stewardship as opposed to bad stewardship. All right, very good. Well, then maybe on treating gambling, I get, I'm assuming Jim Berg has two articles. One is a letter to a brother in Christ enslaved to gambling and the other is on repentance and reconciliation. So maybe some more comments on that. Yeah, these two go together. Of course, I, you know, I would get Jim Berg to write anything. Yeah, <laughs> if he, he wants to write something, I'd say, yeah, well, you know, go for it, you know. And, uh, but this is, uh, you know, he, he deals a lot, uh, with, in the counseling side and he, uh, he addresses a lot of, uh, addictions and gambling is considered classified as a problem gambling is as an addiction. Mm-hmm. And not to get into the theories about addiction and, and all of that aspect. But it's really important. The, we're going to have to deal with this issue with people mm-hmm. and with Christian people. Either they were involved in this kind of thing before they got saved or, or they, they've fallen into it as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not, if we're not prepared to help them deal with these issues, and I think one of the, one of the strengths of his approach is that it, it really has a spiritual power that transcends just one kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a gambling expert as a Christian pastor to help someone with gambling. That's right. Yeah. They're looking for something when they're gambling. They have an idol in their heart when they're gambling. They, 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 they're thinking the wrong way and that leads them to make terrible choices uh, in how they spend their money. And so you've got to get to the hard issue. And so this is really this approach as it applies, uh, as it applies to gambling. And then the letter was just was a suggestion that he had something that he has as part of his ministry. Mm-hmm where he helps us understand what true repentance looks mm-hmm. like. Uh, it's often hard to, to change if you, you don't change unless there's a genuine repentance, yeah. and that's a heart issue. Yeah. And so I, I think a model letter like that's very helpful to help All us right. uh, understand. That's good. That. Okay. All right. And then uh, Gordon Dixon had one about the state lotteries. Uh, are the state lotteries good for the people? So. Yeah, and I mentioned that earlier that a lot of the impetus for gambling was the state, you know, mm-hmm. pushing it and saying this is good and then trying to say, well, it's for education. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's a lot of problems with that. Uh, one problem is that I believe that the that the, one of the premises of gambling is it's the appeal of thinking you can get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, although the people who run the lottery, and this is really important, doesn't matter if you're running a lottery or if you're if or if it's a lottery by the, run by the state or if it's a casino or if it's a, one of these big companies, um, the people that run it, they get their cut. Yeah. 
the rules are such they always get their cut. They're not risking any money. Right. Um, what happens is they 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 know they know how to make the game structured so that a certain percentage of it comes to them, and that's the way anything operates. Mm-hmm. So they have very very consistent revenues. The only thing that dictates their revenue are on the one side their costs. And on the other side, um, how many people play or how much is wagered? Mm-hmm. And so if they're getting 5% on each, on each hundred, you know, $5 on each hundred dollars wagered, then they, they know very much what their revenue is. So it's, you're not playing against the house. You're playing against the other players. That's really important to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though that's the case, there is a, there are hidden costs because the state, First of all, there is a corrupting of the of the governmental functioning. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, taxpayers like to have services without paying taxes. <laughs> and if you can convince people to play the lottery, then you pay for you get services you don't have to pay for in taxes. Mm-hmm. Politicians like um, being able to offer services without paying for them in taxes. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, a something for nothing mentality that sort of it, I think it denigrates in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the social, um, um, social virtue yeah. and, and including in within the government. The other thing, of course, is all of the social problems you create when you have people who are gambling. Um, you know, the money is spent on things that are otherwise not productive. And uh, not only that, you have all this issue with problem gambling. Right. And so now you have uh, bankruptcies and you have family problems and all of that. And so, you know, I, I don't think that the costs are generally well recognized. Right. Uh, and, and so I think that it's important to to evaluate that. It's one thing to take the for the government to take the position. Look, you know, we're not going to tell you you can't gamble. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, there are lots of reasons why there are things that are morally wrong are not illegal. Yeah. Sometimes the government is not in a position to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's counterproductive. There, there are reasons for public policy where. Uh, and so, you know, that's a whole different debate in terms of right. what kinds of things the government should should prohibit. Right. But when the government is actively promoting it, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a different deal. I think that's just flat out immoral mm. and against the, the obligations government has to, to protect their citizens. They're actually making them vulnerable yeah. to things which are harmful to them. So uh, I think it's really important to pay attention to those aspects. Yeah. Yeah, as you're describing that, it's almost like the uh, government officials themselves have an addiction problem. <laughs> the easy money, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, I say, yeah, easy money, yeah. easy money. Yeah, yeah, there is no easy money, that's for sure. Not a surprise. Yeah, and, and there was an, yeah. one more article in the magazine. Um, it was uh, Kevin Bowder on uh, socialism, and I just wonder if you want to tie that one into the... Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um you know, it was, uh, we were interested in that topic, uh, already. And the question was, okay, how does that fit in with the issue of gambling? Um, I think there is a, an important connection. Um, there are, there are different, uh, there are different views as to what's wrong, uh, in the world and what's wrong with, uh, with, uh, the world economically. And of course, gambling, you know, we're focusing on the fact that gambling is a zero sum game. And so it's based on covetousness. It's based on, I want what's yours. <laughs> I'm not going to give you anything of value for that, or the only thing I give you is the chance to get what's mine, which is morally morally bankrupt mm-hmm. too. So I'm not really giving you anything of value, like if I sell you my car or if I if I let you invest in my company. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and so it's a zero sum game. Well, um, 
people who promote socialism often do so in a way that suggests that morally private property ownership is a zero sum game mm-hmm. so that, you know, I can't prosper without impoverishing somebody. Mm-hmm. It's inherently exploitive. And that just goes against what the Bible teaches about private property. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not condemn private property. The, the Bible doesn't condemn wealth. Wealth can be a blessing and a benefit. Now, wealth gotten by oppression. You certainly have situations, many situations in which wealth is gotten by oppression, mm-hmm. uh, greediness, covetousness. All of those things are prohibited in the scripture. But the idea that somehow private property is evil or that everyone has to have exactly the same amount of, uh, of property or income is not a biblical concept. And so you, you want to make sure that in trying to deal with one problem, you don't go over into another ditch. And I, I think that, you know, there, there are certain, certain ideologies that get popular at various times. And there has been a period of time when I think a more socialist or um, even in some cases, communistic uh, ideologies have become popular. And sometimes Christians like that because they that certain Christians go for certain rhetoric and they feel like that, yeah, we, we want to love our neighbor and we don't want to. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to lay out a thorough biblical uh, basis for the nature of property. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's really what's going on with that article. Oh, that's great. Now, we do have other features in the magazine as well that regularly appear and encourage all our listeners to subscribe and and to get involved. And uh, really, I want to thank you, Dave, mm-hmm. for this issue, a really important topic. It's one that... Um, you know, touches my own family. My father-in-law was addicted to gambling and, you know, wasted mm-hmm. his uh, life really uh, in Las Vegas and Reno and places like that. So, so it's something that really resonates with me for sure. So, um, we, uh, we'll wrap up this one uh, for this time. I want to thank you. Was there anything else you'd like to say about this topic of gambling uh, before we turn off the recording and then just visit? Well, I, <laughs> right. Um, I think it's important as Christians that we 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 be knowledgeable. We understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially with regard to advertising, this isn't just about gambling, but our culture creates the desire for things. Yeah. And and advertising particularly does that. And so one thing you're going to have in advertising is it's not going to be straight up in terms of the nature of what you're doing. Yeah. And so I think it's just very and, and, of course, you know, from their standpoint, why should they? They want you to do mm-hmm. it, right? I mean, they want to persuade you. So, um, uh, and so, um, but as Christians, we've got to understand how things are really working. We have to have discernment. And I feel like that that's one of the main designs of the magazine in general, but also this issue. We, we need to exercise discernment about this. Well, I mean, we do pray that our readers develop and grow in their discernment and our, uh, glorify God in their lives. All right, well, thanks again, Dave, and we'll just wrap it up for this session right now. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast.